Hello, friends and fellow moms, and welcome to our 11th episode of Moms on the Air. I'm your host, Katie Mann, and today I'm not joined by my co-host and soon-to-be one-year-old daughter, Maddie Mann. She's actually right now, and for anybody who knows, we never wake a sleeping baby up from a nap. But today, I'm so excited that we're going to be joined by Michelle Fleischer of Embroidery Babes to discuss her infertility IVF journey and how it led her to start Embroidery Babes. So, Michelle, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so I think let's just dive right into it. And, you know, for you, Michelle, what were some of the key challenges you faced uh, during your infertility journey and IVF treatment? You know, I'm just going to start off heavy. (laughs) Sure, sure. So to kind of back up a little bit, um, so I have two children. Um, My first, um, it took us like a few months to have him. I think it took maybe seven or eight months of trying. And I was on the younger side. I was about 26 at the time. Um, My parents actually struggled with infertility, um, totally unrelated. Mm. But um, it took them like six or seven years um, to get pregnant. So it was something in my mind that I always wanted to try earlier. And... um, you know, so we had my son, it was a healthy pregnancy, everything was fine. Um, We had wanted to space our kids out like about four years apart. So we waited, we enjoyed having him and didn't really think too much about the next step. Um, I we decided we were going to start trying when he turned three, I got pregnant the first month and I couldn't believe it because I was like, that was easy. Like, that's great. Um, Eight weeks later, two appointments in after hearing the heartbeat and everything, we didn't hear anything. Um, oh, and no. ended up having a DNC and I was devastated. Um, I never felt that kind of grief before. Um, even though, you know, people say it's only eight weeks or whatever, but it's just, I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I was totally, totally depressed. And everyone kept telling me, oh, like even my doctor would say to me, oh, you know, you had a, term pregnancy, everything, you're going to get pregnant, you're going to get pregnant, like, you know, people get pregnant really fast after miscarriage, da, da, da. I didn't really know many people who had experienced miscarriages. So yeah. I felt it felt like a little isolated. Um, so I, you know, we started trying again, month after month after month, um, negative tests, I'm a planner, I'm a type A personality, I took the ovulation tests, I did everything, I was such a my life was consumed by trying to get pregnant again. Um, watching, you know, my son was in, was three at the time. So we were in a preschool setting and seeing all the other moms with their growing bellies and my not, you know, and just yeah. month after month having my period. And I was just, I was so devastated. Um, and we were going to start doing some fertility treatments um, and uh, actually had an issue with, a bad hospital experience. They ended up traumatizing my cervix. I'm not even oh sure what goodness. happened. It was such a mess. It was like February, 2020. They told me I had to wait six more weeks to do it again. Of course, COVID happened. Yeah. Um, and then it was another six more months of trying. And um, I think it was like a year mark of the miscarriage. I decided to go make a fertility appointment. And um you know, I actually felt instantly better once we did that, because as a planner, I felt like, you know, we, we were doing something. Yeah. And, um, you know, they said like, we're going to get you pregnant. Like there wasn't anything specific that they could see as the main cause, which was also kind of challenging because you, you want to know, know, yeah, you want to know why. And, 
um, there was really no exact reason. Um, but luckily, you know, we did RMA in Englewood. Um, it was not ideal during COVID with an N95 and a shield. There's actually a picture of me <laughs> on my Instagram of my first appointment with for blood work. And I also have terrible veins, so they'd have to prick me like five times every time. And yeah, uh, yeah I had like literally the shield at 95 at 7 a.m. waiting in line. And I joked with my husband, I'm like, well, at least I have somewhere to go, you know, during COVID. And, no, sure. You know, um, but it was definitely a super, super stressful time. I'm going no, I can, I can only imagine about that. Like, I, you know, I, I know this is the first time we've connected. I actually worked at a fertility company uh, many, many years ago with, you know, and I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. Obviously, I haven't been a patient, but like what the process is like so I can only imagine what it was like you know during COVID with that amount of stress and just you know just times 50 to say the least yeah because they would have to um do COVID tests before every step so like before you had your you know egg retrieval your transfer so there was always the back of your mind too like what if I've gone through all of this and I'm COVID positive and now I have to start all over again so that was you know not ideal. I was like my whole family. I was like, you can't go anywhere. Like we have to make sure that yeah. we stay safe. Yeah. So how, how did that experience for you inspire you to start or create embroidery babes? Sure. So I've always been creative. Uh, I actually went to school for business and I have a retail background, but I, uh, I always just, you know, like to, you know, some people work out to relieve stress. Like, I love that they could do that. But like, to me, that just doesn't work for me. Like, I like to draw. I like to get my hands dirty. I like to be moving. Yeah. And obviously, during COVID, there wasn't opportunities to really, like, go out and do things. Um, and um, going through COVID, going through IVF, I was pretty much losing my mind. Uh, so I, I don't know how. I just decided. I'm like, let me try something new. So I ordered a embroidery kit. And this is actually the one that I made. Um, this is a rainbow. And I it was like a therapeutic thing to symbolize my miscarriage and my hope for a rainbow baby. So um, I just did that. And then I was like, oh, my God, I love this. And like, I just love like moving my hands and like mm-hmm. it's a creative outlet for me. Um, and then I was like learning different stitches, literally learning through YouTube and trial and error. And um, it was really fun. And I kind of just became addicted to it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I did those sewing when I was a kid, and yeah. um, I think it was called Stitch Fix or something with the mm-hmm. stitch. With um, yeah, and actually, during COVID, I did try to get back into that, but or no, it's with the latch hook. That's what it was. The latch oh hook. yeah, yeah. There's lots that, of different things that you can get into and become obsessed with. Yeah, I mean, for me, that gardening was my COVID mm. hobby that just kind of took off, but um, yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And for you, how, what were some of the ways that embroidery became, you know, a source of hope and healing for you during your time of like, obviously dealing with COVID, going through IVF and infertility? Yeah. So, so like making something like this, like taking my feelings and putting it in a creative space. Um, when I, I was fortunate, um, after one round of IVF, we did get pregnant with my daughter. Um, and while, um, I was pregnant with her. I, would, I was actually, I have three um, different hoops that I made um, that's displayed in her nursery and actually can't really call it a nursery anymore. Her old nursery, big <laughs> but girl room. yeah, big girl room. Exactly. So I have one that says like, I'm so lucky to have you. And then it's like mm-hmm. a bouquet of roses just like for her birth. So um, 
I forget. What was the question? <laughs> no. So for, for you, how did embroidery become, you know, your way of dealing, you know, of hope and healing? Oh, yes. During this so time? that definitely helped. And it's something that I look at almost on a daily basis in her room as just like, this is where I've been through and this is where I am now. Um, once she did get, when did, once she was born, um, I decided to start um, moving away from hoops and uh, embroidering on clothes. So mm-hmm. I have a son. So what I would do is take some of his old boy clothes and mm-hmm. upcycle it um, to make it girly and put her name on it, put little flowers, kind of decorate it. And people that's, started to be- That's awesome. Yeah. So people were like, where did you get that? And I was like, oh, I made that. Like, you like this? Like, this is cool. So I was like, you know what? Let me make an Instagram. Why not? And start posting some of the things that I've made for my family and me and whatnot. And then, you know, people I knew at first started to order. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't even tell my husband about it. I'm like, I got an order. And he's like, order for what? (laughs) And I was like, embroidery, babes. Like, where was I? I was like, I just, I don't know. Like, like, I'm just like a doer. So I was like, you know what? Let me see what happens. And then um, I was asked to do an event and I worked like a million hours to get all these samples together. And I'm just like, I'm such like, if I get into something, it's just crazy. So I was doing that. And then since then, I've just been working my butt off essentially. And it'll be a year in August um, when I started this. So what's the coolest thing you've made in the past year? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh my goodness. The coolest thing I've made. I know what it is. (laughs) So my son just turned seven and he is obsessed with music and he's particularly obsessed with the Beatles. And he knows every, every song, what year it came out. He's got good taste. He's amazing taste. Um, (laughs) He, thankfully we don't have to listen to like wheels on the bus all the time, but um, yeah, (laughs) he loves classic rock baby shark phase right now. Yeah. I'm excited to get to that next phase. So the good thing is my two year old loves the Beatles also because she wants to do everything he does. So he had a Beatles themed birthday and I made him, which I posted on my Instagram, a, um, a sweatshirt that has all patches. All you need is love and yellow submarine. And like, I put X's Uh. all over the place and it's like, such a cool sweatshirt and it's the favorite awesome. th- my favorite thing I ever made and he was like oh my god you made that for me like he's so proud of me and it just like warms my heart like I'm I mean yeah he complains he's like mommy you're so busy all the time but he's like really also proud of me like when he comes to my events and he sees kids in his school wearing embroidery babes he's like mommy I saw your hat today and like that's gets so really cool. happy for me yeah and Kind of, you know, adding on to that, how, since you started this a year ago, uh, how has Embroidery Babes evolved and grown since its inception? Yeah, I mean, I first kind of started with like denim jackets, sweatshirts. Um, It's evolved a lot. Um, I'm always trying new things. I do mostly personalization. So I... Like one of like, I have like basically three really important pillars of embroidery babes. And the first is like amazing customer service. Um, A lot of my orders come from online people I've never met and making sure I'm communicating with them, sending pictures of the stages along the way, really, really customized product for them and the follow up and all of that. I've had an amazing retention rate of customers coming back over this past year, which has been awesome. So that's really important to me. And then the second which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see in my stories a lot. I post about other um, small businesses owned by women. 
mm-hmm. and particularly local women or local businesses. So I really like to also help people out. Like I met someone at um, an event this weekend who does interior design and she's starting up to, we're all hustling. And I'm like, let me share your page. And, you know, I just bought a bag from another small business friend. So sharing that and, you know, always, you know, paying it forward. And uh, I think, you know, we all get so consumed by the ease of buying gifts on at Target and Amazon, mm-hmm. but um, people do love to support local and um, also having that like high quality personalized product. So that's my second thing is like support local, support women. And then my third thing is sharing my story like I'm doing right now about IVF, because when I uh, went through IVF, I didn't know anyone who had been through it. And I felt super isolated. Every one of my friends were getting pregnant and easily. And I just couldn't handle it. Um, And I made a promise to myself, even before I started Embroidery Babes, when I have this baby, I'm going to be super open in my birth announcement that this is what happened. And this wasn't an easy journey. This wasn't like, oh, we tried and that happened, you know, Um, like life is messy. Life is imperfect. Um, I'm not going on my Instagram and being like, look at my beautiful children. Look at everything. Like, look at my, this takes me no time to make. I don't make mistakes. Like that's not who I am. And that's not the reality of things. And like, like I, I made this post, like I'm clumsy. Like I'm a hot mess. Like my house is full of thread. I leave needles everywhere. I try to be <laughs> the best mom I can be. I started crying at my son's writing celebration today. And now I'm back doing this. Like I'm trying to do everything. And it's, it's, it's honest and open to feel like you're struggling sometimes. And there are sure. many, many days where I'm like, why am I doing this? This is so much work. And like, I could just get a regular job and make so much more money, but like I'm fulfilled in other ways and just sharing that and in, inspiring other women who may want to do something similar. Yeah. And obviously embroidery babes was a source of hope and healing for you with dealing with infertility and has embroidery babes been that at all for anybody else um, that, you know, dealing with fertility struggles? Yes, actually, I've had several people reach out to me um, on Instagram who I've never met. Uh, One woman said she just had a miscarriage and she said, you're, I did a a reel about my miscarriage story. And she said, Mm -hmm. that made me feel so much less alone. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I said, like, if you ever want pick up the phone and have a call with me. Um, I once spoke to somebody just, you know, I, again, I never met her, but she wanted to share her IVF story. We ended up finding out we had the same doctor. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just loved connecting with people and whatever I could do to help make them feel less alone that I'm here for it. And what advice or words of encouragement do you have for, you know, individuals, you know, women go, or, you know, couples going through infertility or considering IVF as they navigate through their own journeys? I mean, it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's not a fun thing to do. Um, when I was going through IVF, my husband, of course, had the busiest time of work he's ever had. And I would only see him when he would come and give me the injections once a day. <laughs> like he would come yeah. downstairs at 10, 10 o'clock at night and do that. And it was a really hard time for us. But I would say that my best words of advice is to just keep connecting with each other, keep checking in. Because even though I'm the one who's getting all the injections, I'm the one who has to go to every appointment. 
during COVID, he couldn't even come to any of the appointments, any of the transfers, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so understanding being empathetic to the other person's role and not feeling like I'm getting, I'm going through more than they are or whatnot. You know, everyone's going through different, different aspects of it. And it's hard. It's really hard. So just try to, you know, just communicate and, tr- you know, now with COVID not over, if you're going through IVF, like go on date nights, like try to get away a little bit, like try to go have fun. I remember reading that in a blog for IVF, like go to the movies, go to the mall. And I'm like, we can't do anything right <laughs> now. Like what are we supposed to do? But yeah, definitely like try to have fun, try to as your best for it to not consume you and, you know, just stay present with your partner, I would say. No, that's, that's great advice. And how can people stay up to date? What's the best way to stay up to date with embroidery babes? Sure. So actually, I forgot to mention something that I'm doing now when you said evolving is I am now offering uh, stitch and sip workshops. So previously, I was just making stuff for you. But I actually have a background in corporate training. And I was like, why don't I teach people how to do this too? That's great. So yeah, so like, um, we are having um, our first workshop tomorrow, and that's at Yellow Door Art Studio in Westwood, New Jersey. Um, so I'm super excited. That's also a woman-owned business. They opened about six months ago, mm-hmm. and, she, and Lauren is super cool. And then um, I'm also uh, offering these workshops where basically it's like an upcycle class. You can bring your clothes um, or your kids' clothes, and I'll show you how to do stitches like hearts and write mama, things like that on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes with a cute kit and I was actually just finishing them before I went on here. So we're working on that. And if you want to reach out to me, um, the best ways I'm usually on Instagram. Um, so if you want to tag me in this, um, to help people find me and you could always DM me. Um, I also have a website embroiderybabes.com, or you can email me at, uh, embroiderybabes at gmail.com. But I'm kind of all over the place. That sounds like like the best time ever, stitch and uh, yeah. Yes. So it's like a ladies' night. We have, uh, I think, 13 people coming, which is really exciting. My best friend is helping me. um, And she's been also another tip is like find really supportive friends who Mm -hmm. are always there to help you and will be honest with you when they're like, eh, like whatever, or like, this is great, you know? And um, also, the, the small business women community is like amazing. And I've been really fortunate to meet a lot of awesome people. So if you want to go to that, um, and I'm always doing pop-ups in the area. Um, and then I'm also doing home parties. So if you have like a organization, like at a temple that you want me to come and do a stitch and sip for, or if you just want to do one for like a birthday party in a house, uh, you could just reach out to me and I can talk to you about, you know, pricing the amount of people and all that. No, that's, that sounds amazing. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I am a big fan of paint and sip parties. Mm-hmm. I used to go to, uh, Pino's Palais all the time before they sadly closed around here. I think there's yeah. one in Ridgewood still open and I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is cool because it's, it's wearable art. So you can no, leave absolutely. within, you can wear it again. And then it's cool. I had a customer from a previous stitch and sip send me a picture yesterday of her on her couch stitching something else for her daughter. And she's like, thank you for inspiring me and teaching me something new. So pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, myself, I'm excited to learn more about it, but I just want to thank you, Michelle, for your time today, sharing your story with us, you know, you're in, you know, being so open about your IVF journey and as well as the story of embroidery babes that really is inspiring. 
And I wish you the best. I hope you join us for a future episode. Thank you so much, Katie. I was happy to be here. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I hope you join us next week. And be sure to follow our official Instagram account, at Moms on the Air, where we'll reveal our next guest. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. Give us a five-star rating. Until next time, I'm Katie, and this is the Moms on the Air podcast. Thank you.